Listening Dog Media. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to The Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay and alongside me, she's back on that road again. It's Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. Trips to Leeds, trips to Wolves, here, there and everywhere. She's driving Miss Daisy again. Uh, and the marvellous Sky Sports News anchor, Hayley McQueen. Hi, Hayley. Hi, everyone. Full of hay fever. I think all three of us are struggling at the moment. So if we sound like we're talking like this, <laughs> it's because it's that time of year. A little bit Robbie Fowler-esque with oh. big breathing plasters over our noses. Mm. Uh, yes, well, it's been a funny old time, hasn't it, in terms of the weather. Last week we were, do you remember we were high and dizzy on sunshine? Uh, we even mm-hmm. played feeling hot, hot, hot in the show. <laughs> and now we've, well, we've, we've been made a mockery of mm-hmm. the next thing we know, it's snowing. Uh, so goodness knows what the weather's been doing. And I bet it's been freezing out in the field as well, isn't it, Lynn's? Yeah, I was really cold um, at Wolves against West Ham on Monday night. It was that later kickoff as well when it's Mm. 8.15, that 15 minutes. Oh, it just makes such a difference. So I'd put all the heated socks away, my long sleeve thermals, which I was (laughs) regretting. And I didn't take a hat either. But thankfully, uh, the floor manager came to my rescue and gave me an extra layer. But yeah, when we think that we're all done and dusted for winter, no, no, no. Um, it yeah. is April, but there will be a cold burst for a, a few days. So, yeah, I'm, I've got the polo next back out. <laughs> uh, well, today we are going to be running things to a superhero theme in the show. Why? Well, we've been inspired by Sky Blue FC. It's a women's team in the top league in uh, the USA, uh, formerly known as Sky Blue FC, now known as Gotham FC. Pretty damn cool branding <laughs> surrounding that as well. And I love the fact that they're now Gotham FC. So kind of on that note, uh, we're going to be talking about the villains of football. So the uh, ultimate football villains. And we're also going to be assembling our very own Avengers. But these Avengers will be players from abroad who've never played, or even domestically, who've never played in the Premier League before. So we're going to get ready, get set 
and go with Avengers Assemble. Ah, there we go, the Avengers theme tune. I'm sure we all recognise that. Having a six-year-old son, by the way, I wouldn't have a clue what this was all about a few years ago, but now I'm fully on board. Um, So we're going to assemble our own team of Avengers. Uh, Who's going to come to the Premier League? Who doesn't currently play? Uh, Who's going to come to our assistance? They may be experienced. They may be exciting. They may just be someone, perhaps uh, a young Avenger, who you think deserves a go on football's biggest stage or one of football's biggest stages stages. So um, give me a couple of players, everyone, who fit the bill. Hayley, let's go to you first. I've gone for a young Avenger, just 22 years old, okay. Um, He was born in Madrid. He's of Moroccan descent and he started at Real Madrid's Youth Academy. He was loaned out to Borussia Dortmund and then signed for Inter Milan. And I think Arsenal are going to sign Ashraf Hakimi, I think he is well-placed to come to the Premier League. Um, And I think, yes, despite Arsenal potentially maybe not having European football next season, that he would come there. Because this young guy is a bit like an Avenger. He's very versatile. He's got everything you could possibly want, Okay, He plays as a right wing-back, a right midfielder. The other thing I found out about this young man, which I found quite interesting, his personal life, um, he's only 22 years old. But guess what? He's got a very old head on his shoulders because he is married to a 34-year-old actress and has a little baby as well. So he's done a heck of a lot for just his 22 years of age. Um, I'm going to start with Musa Morega from Porto, a striker. I think there's clubs in the Premier League right now that will be looking for strikers. One in particular who are doing very well this season, West Ham United, uh, Antonio got a bit of a knock this week. They haven't really got any reinforcement there, especially since Sebastian Allaire left the club. So they need a striker. I think Musa Morega could be it. Newcastle United have also been linked with him, but he's out of contract this summer. Mali International, 29 years old, so towards the latter stages, I suppose, of his career, um, but still got plenty to offer. Last season, 15 goals, nine assists in 45 games. It's the sort of return that I think a club like West Ham would be looking for. So I think Musa Morega will be coming to the Premier League. Should we mention a few obvious ones before we get stuck into a few more um, sort of um, slightly below the radar links? Uh, we can talk about Erling Haaland as well, can't we? Linked with Manchester City, Chelsea. He's, he keep, keeps being linked with everyone, basically. 21 goals in the Bundesliga, his Champions League goal record, obviously 10 goes without saying. So he's someone that I think also because of his dad as well, we'd be really keen to see in the Premier League. And I'm, I'm, I think we might do at some point. Kylian Mbappe, just because he's so good, you know, thrives on this counter-attack style that PSG have set up. We saw it, didn't we, against Bayern Munich in the Champions League um, this week. You know, again, pure skill would be great to see. Neymar's another one. Do you think we'll ever see Neymar in the Premier League? No, I don't think so. I'm mm. not sure that we will. I don't think I don't know whether Mbappe would move at the moment either. Um, no. Will we? Will we even see Messi? There has been those strong links to yeah, City, but, but it, is it going to actually happen? It feels like it's never going to happen. I think Neymar will probably go back to former club Barcelona, won't he? Really, um, more than anything else. Um, let's look at what's happening at Inter Milan. Then Lukaku doing great things at Inter Milan wow, at the moment. I yes. know. 
11 points clear in Tarar at the top of Serie A. But his strike partner, Lataro Martinez, um, he's scored 15 goals so far in Serie A this season, 21 last season. And I think because of Lukaku, he's gone a little bit under the radar. He's 23. Um, now, his contract doesn't expire until 2023. There's a 111 million euro release clause. But wow. I mention him as a realistic prospect because there's been you know, a lot of lines, a lot of press about the financial trouble Inter in. Its Chinese owners are thinking of selling it. Um, and so for me, if Inter do get into trouble, he could be someone that they're prepared to dispense of, especially when there's so much money at play. So yeah, I could see him. Um, I like if Inter get into trouble. If Inter good. get into trouble, yes. Inter mm-hmm. into lots of trouble. <laughs> uh, Hayley, what have you got next? Okay, well, I'm bringing someone from Scotland down to play in the Premier League. And I think that Odison Edward, who's an outstanding talent in the SPFL for Celtic, has had enough of playing up in Scotland. And all that's changing, of course, um, with Rangers winning the championship, I just think he's won everything he possibly can at Celtic and might just want a new challenge. Um, he's been there since moving from, well, he started at Paris Saint-Germain when he was a, just a youngster. They released him and, and, and he went to Toulouse and then eventually went to Celtic on loan and they signed him for just £10 million. He scored 21 goals in all competitions this season. There was a spell at the beginning of the year from January right through to February over six games where he scored eight goals. He's an outstanding talent. He's so consistent Um, and I just think with everything that's happening up there that he would be a wonderful acquisition for a team down in England. Maybe even an Arsenal possibly even Chelsea. Somebody that's looking for a proven goal scorer I think he doesn't need to prove himself in the Premier League. And when people talk about the golfing class between Scottish and English football, um, I think he will prove that there maybe isn't as big a gap as people potentially think. And I think he would be an outstanding talent. He's still only, I think he's still 22 years old. I mean, 23 years old. I stand corrected. He's still a young man. And having spent nearly five seasons at Celtic now, I think, come on, have a little move. Come down Mm. to England. We can tempt you. (laughs) <laughs> closer to France as well closer to the channel he can get across when we're all allowed <laughs> Lip across uh, Lindsay I've got a player that I'm going to bring to Arsenal um, who's a free agent at the end of this summer AC Milan to Arsenal Hakan Kalanagu. I hope I've said his name alright <laughs> I'm sure you pronounce it differently because he's got Turkish heritage but um, 27 years old he's got great free kick ability a brilliant attacking midfield option and I just think could be the replacement for Willian Willian hasn't been quite at the races since joining Arsenal that free kick ability and all the things that he offered in that department we aren't seeing at the moment he hasn't been playing as much so I I think Hakan Kalanagu could be the guy to come in and replace him Um, so that's one of my other links that I've gone for a move from AC Milan to Arsenal it would be rightly gluttonous of us as well as to speak about the likes of Mbappe and Haaland coming to the Premier League to talk about Ansu Fati as well, um, lighting things up over in Spain for Barcelona. And, I'd, you know, if it wasn't for his injuries um, this season, he he would have had um, an even better time of it. But I think just his finishing, his speed um, as well, one of the most exciting players in La Liga for sure. Uh, he's also the youngest goal scorer in the history of the Champions 
Champions League. So again, um, kind of a bit of a glamour pick there, but we should definitely mention him. Alfonso Davis is the next player that I've got. And I wanted to bring a fullback to the Premier League because it's tempting, isn't it, to get caught up in goal records and strikers and excitement. Um, but here's a fullback that's got arguably everyone excited in Germany. He plays for Bayern Munich. He's actually Canadian and goodness me he has been impressing so much for Bayern Munich he does have really 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 strong pace I think that's what makes him great to watch dribbling creativity crossing ability Um, and he's played a massive part Davies in Bayern's success over the last year or so they won the treble didn't they um, last season went on to claim the Club World Cup as well he started every one of the knockout Champions League matches last season um, you might remember him against Chelsea and Barcelona as obviously Bayern romped through that one he's 20 at the moment and you know again just to, to sort of show you what an outstanding player he is I love a player with a story um, he was born in a refugee camp um, he's become the first footballer to become an ambassador for the United Nations refugee charity UNHCR. And he's the first footballer to ever be named Canadian Athlete of the Year. Um, so he's notching up the accolades already. 20, very exciting. And I think he's someone that could easily transfer over to the Premier League. A final one for Leeds United fans to think about is Julian Draxler from PSG because Parch has said that he's prepared to let him go. 27 years old, an attacking midfielder. And again, just looking at replacements, I don't think Leeds United can hang on to Rafinha. He's been fantastic. So if they lose him, they need a replacement. Wow. If they could get Julian Draxler to the Premier League, that could be a move of the summer. Mm, I love that. I love that thought. Do you think it's realistic though, Linz? Well, they're one of the clubs that that apparently are willing to spend. Um, So I I think you've got to go where there's a lot of clubs this summer that will not be shelling out as much as as they have done in previous campaigns. You know, the the pandemic's hit a lot of people, but with a club that's building and staying and trying to uh, cement a new status in the Premier League, they, they probably will spend on a couple of key players. So that's why I went for them. Okay, let's move on. Now, for every superhero, for every ensemble of Avengers, uh, we've got the villains on the other side. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Okay, we're going to look at the baddies in football. Maybe we have a bit of a soft spot for them, or maybe they are genuinely quite evil not not very nice people indeed it could be a club it could be a person involved in football who wouldn't you want to come up against Lindsay well right now in the Premier League I think there's a real lack of those pantomime villains that we've enjoyed in the past you know you talk about your Dennis Wise's uh, Vinnie Jones Tony Adams Gary Neville's Luis Suarez's uh, even Carlos Tevez at the time at the yes. time had that sort of villainous boring, role yeah Right now in the Premier League, I'm struggling to come up with those villainous characters. And even if it's just in the pantomime sense, I suppose you might say Jamie Vardy a little bit or Jose Mourinho, but I'm I'm struggling. Do we even have any right now? You have to go back in time, I think, to get the true villainous characters of the Premier League or from football abroad. Mm. Um, Some of those... Think, think think how much Balotelli gave to us for topics yeah. for all those years, didn't he, in Tevez? And also, I tell you who the villains are at the moment, and I tell you who has got us all talking in terms of... of, of Mike Dean. Not bad boys. Apart from Aston Mike Villa. Dean, Mike Dean, yeah. 
I would probably say you have to go to the wags to, you know, that have provided us with the most sort of scandal with yes. the wag of the Christie, you know, between Rooney and Vardy. It hasn't been down to the players. It's been the wives and girlfriends who've been the one that have provided us with with some of the bad yeah. girl status. Not bad girl, but you know what I mean. The, the, the kind of entertainment that makes front pages as opposed to back pages. Yeah. But you're right, Linz, these great characters. I, I put an 11 together of villains, which I'll, I'll, I'll quickly run through towards the end. And they're, they're all pretty old. Old school, to be fair, there hasn't been sort of, you know, we haven't had a Cantona or a Vinnie Jones for quite some time. Yeah, your Roy Keynes, you know, mm, those yes. sorts of characters. There are a couple of suggestions that I have if we're thinking current. And one would be Mike Ashley. Why not look at the owners, some of the football club owners yes, that perhaps yeah. could be spelled as villains more than any of the on the field players. And it's been kind of a long <laughs> a long 14 years of ownership, hasn't it, for most Newcastle United fans in terms of Mike Ashley. Um, over the past 12 months, his prospective takeover has stalled. The club, of course, is struggling. It's a long, long story of woe. And actually, interestingly enough, to try and sort of bypass this bad boy behaviour or certainly having to endure um, a villainous relationship like many fans have had with Mike Ashley. Um, some of the fans now, so the NUFC Supporters Trust, are raising funds. It's called the 1892 Pledge or the 1892 Pledge. And um, basically, they are, they are trying to buy there's loads of details um, on this in a really good piece on The Athletic there's a there's an explainer about it but they're basically trying to buy a small part of Newcastle um, and maybe a larger part if the club does plummet down the, down the divisions but they basically want to have a say they don't ever want to be in the position again where they feel like an owner is as dominant or domineering as Mike Ashley has been on the future of the club. So, yeah, fans getting over or trying to get one over a bad boy owner in football. Um, any other current examples before we move on to older ones? Mine are old players. They're still knocking about, but um, coming to the end of their their reigns as bad boys. You just have to look at Real Madrid for creating the bad boy partnership when you've got Ramos and Pepe. But Pepe in particular, I mean, he's still as bad as he was back in 2009, where he was given a 10-match ban for... Um, uh, kicking out a, a, a player. Um, he nearly left Real Madrid in 2013. He had a massive fallout with Jose Mourinho, um, but he was convinced because Carlo Ancelotti um, joined the club and, and, and made sure that he he stayed. He then spent four more seasons at the Bernabeu. But um, yeah, in 2009, he served a 10-match ban for kicking a player. Should have probably got a little bit more when you look back at Cantona and what he received and how long that he was out for. Um, but yeah, these, these guys were just kind of a no-no nonsense partnership, weren't they? Um, and as much as they were very exciting to watch, you would not want to come up against Pepe and Ramos, which is why I think Real Madrid had so much success. They, you know, Mourinho gave them that kind of independence to play as physically as they wanted to. And they absolutely took advantage of that. And there was recently as well, wasn't there, when City were 3-1 winners at the Etihad in the, in the Champions League. And he appeared to kind of knee Raheem Sterling during that. It was quite a hot-tempered Champions League clash. So he's still very much at it. Mm. But they, they won so much between them. I think if you go to the other end of the pitch and you're looking at strikers that are towards the end of their career as well now, um, but still playing, Diego Costa, we saw him in the Premier yes. League and out in Spain. And I wonder if he might be the perfect villain in the sense that he very rarely crosses over the line, but he just goes as far up to it as he can. <laughs> he pushes it as without... far as he can, which is almost worse, yeah. isn't it? 
It's playing on the edge. I think that must be very frustrating. And the yeah. amount of defenders he's got sent off or who've got yellow cards... And and the and the thing is, he can handle himself. So um, I, I think Diego Costa as a striker would be the one that I wouldn't want to come up against as a professional. And we could mention people like Luis Suarez in the biting instance, but that's that's kind of probably a little bit predictable. Um, I was having a look through through some of the old bad boys of football. We, we've already mentioned a few names here, and I wonder if Joey Barton has redeemed himself in later years. Really, when you compare him to some of his exploits of old. I was having a look at his rap sheet and reminding myself, I mean, again, Lindsay, it would never happen today, or it feels like it would never happen today. Stubbing out a cigar in the eye of a young teammate, fighting with a 15-year-old fan, hospitalising a teammate in a training ground bust-up, going to jail for six months for assault, elbowing, headbutting, and kneeing opponents on the pitch, and loads more besides. Um, I wonder if he's if he's redeemed himself in later years, do we think? Well, I think he would write himself into a book as a villain. He, <laughs> he always strikes me, you know, the, the amount of philosophy that he was reading when he was at QPR and he used to he used to read and spout off quite a lot, <laughs> a lot of stuff when I was there. Um, and I think he'd love to be written into one. He, he's the sort of person that would love to be written into a Hollywood movie of some sort for for the character. But um, I don't I don't know. I mean, Bristol Rovers, where he is right now, they're on an awful run. And I do wonder, will a side of him emerge when things aren't going yeah. his way? He has just called Bristol Rovers a charity in terms of how easily they surrender points and goals. So he's not... He's not holding back, is he? But but his bad boy behaviour as a player hasn't hasn't stopped him from from getting into management. But you, you I mean, perhaps perhaps the physical side of his behaviour has calmed down, and he's just using his words like every good philosopher would do. But yeah, Joey Barton certain certainly one to one to remember from the bad old days. Another one that springs to mind is Paolo Di Canio. Yes. Um, I, I dealt with him a few times as a manager. Uh, you may remember when he played, he got banned for 11 matches. He was fined £10,000, which was a lot at the time. That was after pushing over referee Paul Alcock. Um, and that was when he was playing for Sheffield Wednesday when they played Arsenal. He then went on. Do you remember when he went chasing the player down the tunnel? Um, he, he he had that to him, a fiery Italian personality. And um, yeah, Paolo Di Canio, for the unpredictability factor, I wouldn't want to be up against him. Well, we've all spoken about players or managers so far. Um, and I was, you know, again, looking at the predicament, Lindsay, of not having any too much bad boy behaviour or bad girl behaviour to talk about in football. And I just thought, do you know what? Do we put VAR up for this football oh, hero or football villain i think many pleasure. would argue that actually it is one of football's villains and in fact the polling the surveys back me up on this and um, there was a yougov survey yougov's a really reputable polling company uh the results were announced in february more than two-thirds of premier league fans questioned believe that the video assistant referees made the game less enjoyable so six out of ten said it wasn't working basically um nearly 1,400 fans who regularly watch premier league football were surveyed and 67 percent felt that matches were now less enjoyable since the introduction of var and it's the same result really i think that the 
BBC Sport did one back in December last year, I think, um, and they found pretty similar figures. So, you know, interesting that if fans are saying, if only a third of fans are saying that they actually believe it adds to the game, could VAR be the ultimate football villain of this decade? Okay, next up, good thinking, Batman. It's been years since I've heard that, ladies. That uh, reminds me of um, eating tea in front of the telly, I tell you. Um, Well, this has been inspired with the news this week that NWSL side Sky Blue FC have rebranded. The club's changed its name to Gotham FC, which I'm not sure about you two, I think is pretty damn cool. There has Uh, to be one other thing to it, though, for it to have the the full-on effect. They need to make sure that the club logo beams from the stadium into the sky. Yes! Yes! And also the kits need to have some sort of Batman-esque. I mean, they can't have capes, obviously. <laughs> but the but the kits Why need not? to have some sort Why the heck of not? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Perhaps just to be pulling them symbol. back every two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And maybe if they have hoods. a sub, if they have a sub, they do a signal as well. Maybe. A Batman signal. I think I think we can all guess what the mascot's going to be, can't we? Um, so, this in mind, uh, let's superhero rebrand some clubs and some players now. We've been inspired by this. I'll give you a, an example to start off with, and that's your club, Wolves, Lindsay, uh, are all going to turn out as Wolverines. Uh, of course, reference from X-Men there. Um, who else has more for me? Um, Lindsay, let's go to you. I've gone with this season and, I, and I've gone with a bunch of players who I think could assemble um, in the Avengers style that we had in Topic 1. So Captain mm-hmm. Fantastic would be mm-hmm. Bruno Fernandes. Without oh. him, Manchester United wouldn't be where they are in the Premier League table. He has been one of those players that single-handedly helped to turn a club's fortunes around. So Captain Fantastic for him. Good shout. Okay. Hayley, and in another for us. Yes, so I've got West Ham. Who are they? Robots in disguise. Transformers. (laughs) They've changed everything about um, how they're going about things. Um, Just their mentality. They've got the mentality of superheroes, haven't they? Um, Far more resilient. Um, And yeah, I just think what they're doing is is, is pretty special. Um, I'm sure David Moyes would love to be described as a superhero because he was a villain for a very long time after his stint at Manchester United. But they are the transformers for me. Love that. Um, I was thinking about Batman and Chelsea, actually. The fact that um, Batman, of course, is Bruce Wayne. He's the owner of a multi-billion dollar company, Wayne Enterprises. And then we've got Roman Abramovich too, Russian oligarch, worth billions of pounds. So uh, I might jump on the Batman train uh, for Chelsea. I think when you look at um, some of the other characters and you try and assign them, immediately when I think of Professor X and the mind games element, you'd go back in time, wouldn't you, to Sir Alex Ferguson? But if we're going to bring it up to speed, I'm going to give that title to Jose Mourinho. Um, Luke Cage also known as Power Man. Now, this is Luke Cage, um, for those that aren't as aware of their superheroes, this is a, a man of few words. He gets the job done, but he also has accelerated healing abilities. And this can only be one man in my mind, and that's Zlatan Ibrahimovic, recovered from an ACL injury in seven months. Uh, he doesn't speak very often apart from to say lions are better than humans. I think he, he referred to that when he recovered from that ACL. Um, and he does still get the job done. Very good. Hayley, give us your next one. 
Okay, I've got Manchester City, okay? And I've gone for the immortal men. Yeah. Hmm. This is a new age DC hero, originally titled Dark Matter. So it was a, a, a comic book line published by DC Comics from 2018 to 2020. So it was it was quite new. The only problem is the line was actually considered a commercial failure. So perhaps for City, that side of things doesn't work. But I think the immortal men, they just seem to be right. Well, they've, they've, they've risen from the dead, haven't they? I'm not saying they were dead for part of the season, but I didn't have them down as title contenders for a couple of weeks at least this season when Manchester United, for me, looked like they were going to win the title again. And Liverpool as well, but they're definitely not the immortal men. But I just think what City has done, what Pep Guardiola has done, he's probably the immortal man. But yeah, that's that's what I've nicknamed them this season. All right. I've gone for the oldest club in the Premier League as the oldest superhero. So Aston Villa currently fit that bill. Uh, the first superhero, um, certainly as far as records go, um, debuted in his own newspaper comic in February 1936. It's called The Phantom, or he's called The Phantom, uh, and the story recounts the adventures of Kit Walker, who donned a mask and a purple outfit to become The Phantom, a.k.a. The Ghost Who Walks. I'm not sure how that bit fits Aston Villa, but I suppose purple outfit, claret outfit. Um, the Phantom was also sometimes in black as well. Uh, Aston Villa's away strip, black. Uh, it's, it's a pretty loose tie, but it's very simply the oldest club in the Premier League gets the moniker of the oldest superhero. Hmm. Um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, great eye for goal, yes. hardly misses, but has a little a bit of a dark side. I think this is Harry Kane because we've all seen the pictures of him backing in and jumping into defenders, haven't we? Causing what some think might be a serious injury one day. That's his dark arts, um, but great eye for goal and doesn't hardly miss. Now, I gave some of Topic 1's footballers a superhero um alter ego as well and I'd put Harland as Hawkeye under the same premise Hawkeye's an archer with perfect accuracy I'll just mention these ones as well Kylian Mbappe I'd given Ant-Man Ant-Man's the smallest of the Avengers and at five foot eight Kylian Mbappe fits that for me oh now see I think Kylian Mbappe would be Quicksilver Quicksilver I I, I went in the Premier oh, League for Adama Traore Quicksilver. yes for for basically speed the fastest Avenger David Silver oh well could no. be so. could be um, Neymar, I'd given him vision um, just because okay. of his eye. Yeah. Captain okay. America, Christian Pulisic. I'll tell you what the headlines are going to be when Gordon Taylor finally brings to an end a 40-year career as the PFA chief executive. And there were kind of two meanings to this. Um, so the, the, the headline in the Gotham News is going to be Flash Gordon because he's going to be gone in a flash and people will be celebrating that. But also because of his extravagant pay packet, he earns two million a year mm. as the PFA chief executive. He didn't take a pay cut during the coronavirus pandemic as well. A lot of people were very disappointed about that. So, yeah, so calling flash, him flash with the cash. Yes, flash with gotcha. the cash, but out there like a flash, good riddance, goodbye. Uh, Manchester mm. United, known as the Red Devils, there is a superhero called Kid Devil, his real name's Edward Allen Eddie Bloomberg, um, known as the Red Devil, a superhero in the DC Comics universe. Or I was thinking Manchester United Hellboy. Is there is there anything about yes Hellboy? Any any, any kind yeah. of links to that? Mm. All right. Well, let's leave that there. Again, any suggestions? Get them in at Offside Rule Pod. Let's go to any other business. 
Okay, so the smaller stories or the more underground stories that you may not have noticed during the week. Who wants to get us started? Hayley McQueen? Okay, I am going to link this in, of course, to um, a topic that we've already discussed. We were talking about bad boys in football, right? Well, did you did you see this story who Bradford City were taken over by? By taken over, I don't mean bought out, but I meant performing football skills. No? Did you no. not see this huge story with the... Well, the whole point of the, this section is under the, the radar didn't story. See it. So, okay. yeah. Okay, so there was a horse and cart in a photo shoot as this, yep, outside, outside Bradford City's ground um, as rap group Bad Boy Chiller showed off their skills. Oh, I did see this. I did see the Bad Boy rap group and I I thought it was some comedy sketch or something. But was it 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 serious? It was real. So they went went onto the hallowed turf at Valley Parade. They took shots at goal. They they took part in a photo shoot at the home, of course, of the Bantams and they did this photo shoot in and outside and then they they sung the chant City Till I Die but they did it in their like Bad Boy rap style. I'm sounding really (laughs) cool, haven't I? (laughs) We Um, need to listen to that, I think. Yeah. Uh, They they were actually... They were social media pranksters, but basically they have been played so many times on Radio One that their um, the release of their album "Full Whack No Breaks" has done really well, um, and it's a, it's a documentary series. So I'm sure we're going to see Bradford City pop up in the next episode or the next series of this documentary that this bad boy rap yes. um, group are 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 appearing in. I'll go in on TikTok. It's been announced as a global sponsor for UA for Euro 2020. Could be because they're one of the mega brands that's got some money in their pockets. Who knows? But of course, as if we didn't already know enough footballers on TikTok, expect a further explosion of football content on there. I was having a look at what you can get. There's Freestyle at Liv Cook, who I know uh, you know well, uh, Lindsay. She's brilliant. (laughs) I was drawn towards someone now. I'm not a big TikTok user, okay? So this is all new to me. Uh, You're Jamie not a Knight. big TikTok user, or you're just not a TikTok user. <laughs> I'm not a TikTok. Well, I have I've, I have put one video up on TikTok, but anyway, um, <laughs> Jamie Knight's FS uh, is uh, by all accounts big on TikTok. Uh, he's a football trickster um, or a, or a freestyler. Um, but I was particularly drawn to some of his tricks, which have an element of humour to them. He's in some town centre somewhere in one of the clips I saw, just in his boxer shorts doing football tricks. Huh? It looks pretty chilly. Um, oh, and he's there crikey. pretty much, as I said, completely naked, apart from a pair of kecks on. Uh, and he's doing his tricks like that. So yeah, expect a ton <laughs> of football on TikTok. <laughs> And expect a few more followers after Kate's called you out there. I think we should all take the warning not to jump to conclusions too early because I have to hold my hands up. I did. Uh, Romanian assistant referee, you saw the pictures. He got Erling Haaland's autograph down the tunnel. (laughs) And immediately I was thinking, oh, no, that's so embarrassing. You shouldn't do that. Um, It's really unprofessional. I was thinking all of those things because... Um, in our in our careers, as the three of us will have had opportunities to do, I have never got an autograph. I just think no. you shouldn't you shouldn't do it unless there is an unless unless it's for charity and oh. it has materialised. It was to raise money for an autism charity in Romania, oh. Uh, oh. one that he's been a part of for I think four or five years doing work with them. So immediately I thought, no, no, no. Good on you. Um, That is perfectly acceptable. (laughs) So we shouldn't jump to conclusions too quickly. 
Have you seen Spurs TV on YouTube with this brilliantly hilarious interview between Joe Roden and um, Gareth Bale? No, I um, haven't. So seen they this. they have a bit of a Q and A and they talk about um, all sorts of things like conspiracy theories. Um, uh, US presidential election and all kinds of random stuff, okay? So there were lots of hot topics surrounding the news. And um, Joe asks Gareth Bale, you know, do you believe in aliens? And and he says, yes. And I think he's just like, what? And he's like, yeah, but come on, you've never seen one, have you? And he's like, well, yeah, I have actually. And they get into this whole conversation about how Gareth Bale actually believes in aliens. And it's 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 a, it's a really good watch. You have okay. to go. He's like, and they say, yep, I saw a UFO. Aliens exist 100%. I thought this was an April Fool when I watched it. It was a couple of days after. It's like, well, that's got to have come about on April the 1st. But apparently not. It's really, really funny. Go and check it out on Spurs TV on YouTube. <laughs> Um, Birmingham City, uh, you might have seen this story about Birmingham City women who wrote to the board of the club um, detailing some complaints around their facilities. They haven't got their own dressing room, travel to away fixtures, inadequate medical provisions. Um, and that really did create quite a storm in the women's football world this week. Mm. There has been some developments there as well. Um, it's now emerged and there's a, an article in The Athletic that Katie Wyatt's done um, that Birmingham City women are being chased at the moment for thousands of pounds in unpaid agent fees so they've also got that it just feels like a spiralling mess isn't it at that club at the moment yeah she's supposed to be mediating the manager Carla Ward between players and the board Um, the players had requested a meeting with the board the board have responded um, to some of the um, allegations made in the letter and there are pictures up online of the poor treatment facilities as well there but it, it, it basically you know especially after us talking about the record WSL rights deal it does paint the other side to women's top league football here in the UK and I think it's only right right that we mention it really that uh, parts of the game some clubs some elements still have such a long way to go and this will be an ongoing issue I think won't it Lindsay until we see some some sort of resolution Mm, yeah Uh, and and the fact that one of the incidents as well Kate was that the women's team were asked to leave the training complex um, this is about two weeks ago to make room for the club's under 12 boys side you know if that's the if that's the ranking order of things we're, we're in trouble aren't we Wow. And we, of course, have to say congratulations as well, don't we, for Leicester City being promoted to the uh, Women's Super League. So congrats to them. Mm, Um, And I think in contrast to the story that you just mentioned there, uh, the reason that has happened, because they have been treated very well and they've done everything properly. They're getting to use the facilities as well that the first team use and get to use the training ground. A little bit like how, I know, Manchester United were criticised for a long time for not having a women's team, but a great example of when they do get a women's team of making sure that they look after their, yes. their women properly yeah. and, and go about it the right way. So here's to, to seeing what Leicester are going to be um, providing us with the next season. So I think what's happened with the men's team definitely rubbing off with the women's side as well. One of my stories I just want to mention this week, and it's it's a small story at the moment, but I think it's going to kind of set off a domino effect. We saw Thierry Henry boycott social media. We've just seen the whole of Swansea City taking a club-wide stance in the battle against abuse and discrimination of all forms of social media. Uh, So as we record this midweek from five o'clock today, which is a Thursday, um, they are not going to be posting anything 
on their official social media channels for a full week with the hashtag enough is enough. The players getting on board this as well. So they're boycotting social media. Um, it follows a spate of what they call it abhorrent racial abuse on platforms. And I think other clubs are going to start to follow suit. Yeah, now, yeah. I don't want to mention the Kardashians because it seems a bit naff, but there was, you probably saw in the headlines, a picture of Khloe Kardashian, which went onto social media. And she didn't like it because it wasn't an airbrushed photo of herself. What happened within 24 hours, that photo had disappeared and it had gone from the site. So why aren't these comments and posts and racism just eradicated yeah. from a site. If they're able to do it like that so easily, and if you play certain music or if there are clips that are copyrighted, they are so easily taken down. I just still cannot understand. And I think Twitter, Instagram, and, and Facebook, who of course own Instagram, are going to have to make massive changes because these football clubs um, who have millions and millions of followers, if they start to disappear from social media or their platforms, I think they're going to start to worry about um, the image that these these social media companies are going to have. Now, they absolutely have to step in and do more. They do. They do. I think, I think we both endorse that. And it does feel like we are getting to the point where, well, breaking point really, where um, the arguments used by social media companies no longer stand up. Something needs to be done. Uh, no excuses. All right, well, let's wrap up the pod on that note. Um, do get in touch with us, by the way, if you'd like to add uh, to our Avengers or you'd like to add to the villains at Offside Rule Pod on the socials and the website worth checking out to offsiderulepodcast.com. We have a feature every week called Whatever Happened To, written by Alistair Hooper. Um, this week, it is Wilfred Bonney who features Ooh. in that one. Whatever Happened To Him, always a good read. You can catch up with those whenever you like and if you like your women's football by the way and you're interested to hear more about some of the women's football lines we've spoken about it a bit in the pod today um check out our wsl edition the offside rule wsl edition available on all good podcast providers uh lindsay hayley where are you traveling to this week what about you lindsay on the road again Yes, busy weekend. Um, Friday, Saturday and Sunday matches. So I'm at Fulham oh, Wolves me. on Friday night. I'm at Bristol City again. I hadn't been there for ages and now this is my third trip in about a month. <laughs> um, that's on Saturday for final score. And then I'm going to Spurs, Manchester United, Hayley, um, on Sunday. Oh God, I'd love to be there. Very exciting I've, agenda lined to- up for you. Oh, I haven't been to a football match for two years. Two years. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hayley, I'm sure you'll be back in the Sky Sports News studio again. I will. Uh, the shift, shift focusing this week. Oh, of course, I'm just stuck in a studio most of the time. I don't lead the glamorous life that Lindsay leads, seeing the inside of a car and various <laughs> I was just going to say. But yeah. to be fair, I, I, so I my shift is focusing a little bit because I'm in... Um, on a long weekend um, doing um, updates of the Masters. So there'll be lots of oh, yes. news and football, of course, but I am on heavy Masters duty this weekend, which is which is great fun because my other half, again, it's another sport that you won't let me watch at home. So I get to come to work and watch it <laughs> Well, instead. enjoy all the events from Augusta. Uh, enjoy your football this weekend if you're listening and we'll speak to you again next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of The Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production.
The Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 